well, um, oh, yeah, 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 okay. All right, so what else has happened? Uh, Tool has continued the tour. <laughs> I mean, outside of Tool news. <laughs> oh, okay, we're, we're, we're talking about non-Tool stuff now? Well, I mean, <laughs> I know it's a Tool podcast, but... Uh... Yeah. It's, this podcast has become so many things. Uh, yeah. Tool, food... What else? Pretty much Tool and Twin Tool. Peaks. Oh, Twin Peaks, cartoons. Ween. Ween. Mr. Bungle. Fugazi. Mr. Bungle. Ninja yep, Turtles. <laughs> and, and Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Pete and Pete. <laughs> different kinds of filters for your synthesizer. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> That's ice. That's a big deal. Yeah, Icy's. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and cookies. Bubbly. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Sparkling water. We do talk mm. about that a lot. Coffee and milk Co- Sprite. All kinds of drinks. Yeah. 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 Yep. And you know what's interesting? What's that? All that has occurred since the first episode of this podcast, which featured mm-hmm. Alex Christ. Yes. Alex Christ. When I first uh, met him mm-hmm. and I saw his name spelled out, I actually did think it was Alex Christ. Yeah. And I think I might have actually, like, um, called him Mr. Christ unironically. Wow. And then he laughed. And cause he, I don't <laughs> think he realized that I didn't know. Ah. And uh, then I found out that it was Chris. I wonder That's, if I ever yeah. told him that. I don't uh, know you'll have your chance now. Cause I he's back with chance. us today. accelerative thrust i am dan and i'm eric and today as we mentioned yes alex christ uh for those of you who don't know alex christ i almost feel like uh he needs not much of an introduction but he is the guitar player of closet witch Mm -hmm. uh which by the way eric um i wanted to let you know that the hiatus can now be talked about oh yeah i wondered yeah Mm -hmm. yep because uh there's some big news that uh, was revealed on facebook in the closet which camp yeah that, uh, turns out was the reason for the hiatus yeah. and so now um alex is fine with talking about it all I right guess. well let's let him do the honors is he on right now no he's waiting he's been waiting he's he oh, was no? here before you okay well that's <laughs> well that 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 explains so much that says so much about us yeah podcast hosts. Uh, but um, we probably should let him in he's probably getting pretty yeah. pissed off yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I did say 10 o'clock, though, so. Well, he's uh, ready. He's prompt. Right. Well, if he's ready and he's prompt, mm. then let's do it. Oh, gosh. Mm. This is my favorite part of the podcast. My he's coming on. He's connecting to the audio. Yep. Because we've all that <laughs> Oh, and he's arrived. Oh, there he is. He's muted. Alex Christ. Yes. <laughs> are are you it. hearing all this, Alex? I'm hearing it, but are you hearing me? Uh, well, yeah. now I am. Yes. Yep. Uh, Perfect. There's there's four people that are making music right now, uh-huh. and they're called Closet Witch. And uh, well, actually, I guess you could say they're not really making music right now. Yeah, I didn't want to correct you, but it I is, was like, I'm just gonna is, let you do your thing. <laughs> it is okay to uh, it is okay to talk about the hiatus, correct, Alex? 
Yeah. In the past, this information has been suppressed, but now it can be told. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, news came out yesterday, and Molly and Corey are having a baby. So oh, that's we're going to take some time news. Yeah, no, it's incredible news. Did they yeah. use we, alchemy? <laughs> I hope so. Somebody wrote baby alchemy on there. Yeah. I'm like, I've known for months and I never made that connection. It's hilarious. Like, well, I love that comment. They could so name the baby alchemy. That'd be cute. Oh, oh that would be is, so great. That would be adorable. I haven't asked. I didn't want to pry. I think I'm just going to personally like wait until the. And day. you know what? Their middle, you know, actually, what if they named it baby and then yeah. the middle name is Noir and then the last name is <laughs> Baby Noir oh, I alchemy. I love that. Actually, noir so is a really cute name too. It Oof. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write those down, guys, <laughs> on your baby name list. I'm, I'm emailing them right now. <laughs> yeah. Baby it's noir. A shared Eric, Eric came up with this. <laughs> yeah. Give me in on that shared document. Also, with baby names. <laughs> also, I think it should also be uh, mentioned that on top of them having a baby, they're also engaged now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, that is awesome. Nice. The uh, Peak family is going to be expanding in the awesomest of ways. Agreed. It's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. So uh, that is, it is funny though. I mean, to talk about the hiatus a little bit. I mean, I want to talk about babies too, but uh, <laughs> it seems like it, it came right <clears throat> basically when the new record came out. Right. Uh, it, it was. Or was it before even that you knew so what was going to happen? It was before. And now that we can actually talk about the timeline, what had happened was wasn't very public about it. But I was in and out of the hospital again at the mm. beginning of summer. Mm -hmm. And so I had to cancel a good chunk of shows. And we were going to do In Loving Memory came back and we we're doing this like giant two day thing in Des Moines. Right. And I couldn't do it. And even that week, Molly was having a lot of, I, I want to use the word, like, it was a difficult pregnancy at the mm. beginning for her. So she was mm -hmm. really sick, didn't know what was going on and like mm. couldn't perform herself. And so I think there was like a murky area of like, we didn't know what was going on. So that yeah. was around like August, I want to say. And then we had one more show booked that we were going to play with Soul Glow. And it was like a last oh, minute snap. thing. Yeah. I was feeling a lot better and I was kind of ready to do it. We loaded up the van and then the next morning I was, I couldn't do it again. It was like, I hit a reset button. So I had to go back mm -hmm. to the hospital. And that's when, when that happened, it was kind of like Molly and I kind of came to like, I can't do it. She can't do it. Let's mm -hmm. just, you know, take a pause. And we were going to do, we had a tour booked with a blind equation. Hmm. Uh, they were dropping their album. We were dropping our album. We were going to do a weekend run. Uh, and then that's where I was at 100% again, ready to go. Uh, but Molly wasn't feeling comfortable to do it. And so we we all got together and we we're like, there's one person we'd asked to fill in. They declined. And when they declined, then we were like, okay, then the best thing to do is just take mm -hmm. a break. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it it's unfortunate that you had to yeah cancel so many shows, but at the same time, I'm glad to see that you guys are recuperating. Your health is wealth, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, for much sure. more much more important than you know. I mean, I, playing shows, you know what I mean? Like, I agreed. They were healthy. really really cool opportunities, but at the same time, like I think it would have backtracked me personally, <clears throat> and like that's me just like knowing only what I was going through at the time. So yeah. I think it was for the best. Right. 
Yeah, you could have ended yeah. up in the hospital for much longer. Exactly. You know, had you and then same with Molly too. Exactly. Like, her situation was much more important to be like, you need rest. Right. And like yep. the like the sickness was hitting her really hard at the beginning mm -hmm. for sure. Sure. So I know she just needed downtime. And if I know Molly being the strong person she is, man, she doesn't, you know take no for an answer. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't like to she doesn't like to rest. It is you know, very she's true. very, very uh, very much a strong mm -hmm. like I've seen her play shows when she like obviously was not feeling well and it was like hmm. are you sure you're wanting to play you know like oh, the, like the last tour we did i bashed her face and like oh smashed yeah her eye open and she did the yeah i saw her that eye yeah. all fucked up wow. yeah so it's no, amazing she... that's the only big injury that i've heard about honestly uh, uh, oh seeing uh, you guys play it's uh pretty unhinged sometimes and not just you but so. the audience as well i so. dislocated my knee really bad during oh, the show man. in iowa city and had to put it back into place during the show and Ooh. i'm pretty sure <laughs> i did some damage on that guy ah, never yeah. been the same since that's why like you don't see me move i'm a big guy anyway but like you don't see me moving much anymore because i learned my lesson yeah, i went sure. down like a box of bricks and it yeah, was sure. it hurt. just turn your back to the audience <laughs> yeah. play the yeah, show exactly the out. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah age will age will change the way you oh move my around. god for real <laughs> you know? for real no doubt about it i i just wanted to actually get into while we were sort of talking about chiaroscuro am i saying that correctly chiaroscuro chiaroscuro it took me like record. three years to learn how to say it don't <laughs> yeah. worry and so, when we when we were pitching the name i was like we can't i can't name an album that if i can't say it yeah and, and, oh man it's been a journey <laughs> yeah and i probably would still like not say it right I'm yeah I, actually i'm gonna say right now that i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm saying it correctly so I'll just, yeah there's somebody out there on the fact check us yeah, <laughs> fact checkers yep someone yep but um i'll edit I the proper pronunciation <laughs> in chiaroscuro oh, yeah um so I just want to say, first of all, amazing album. Your first album was amazing as well. But I actually think, in my opinion, that, I mean, everything you did on the first album, you kind of took it up a notch, in my opinion, with this record. So first of all, um, it was like recorded way back in like 2019, right? Um, am, I, am I getting that timeline wrong? So it was written in 2019 a good chunk of it but i definitely wrote some of it during covid oh okay. because there was a thing uh there's a community online called mathcore index mm -hmm. and when covid started there was a bunch of guys doing uh this thing called friday night riff fights hmm. and you just posted a video of the riff you were working on that day it wasn't like there wasn't a battle of like who is the mm -hmm. best riff. It was just like a bunch of people just like getting together and showing off their writing and getting mm -hmm. critiques and whatnot. And I, my only contribution to that ended up being my words is sacred. So that mm -hmm. definitely was like mm -hmm. written in and recorded during COVID. But the big delay on all that was mainly at first COVID because once everybody got shut down, well, you probably know the story. Everybody gets shut down on touring. Right. And then right. everyone's idea was like, well, I'm going to go record a record. Yeah. And right. so it became really hard to just even get into uh, Fly Black and just mm -hmm. finish it. Mm -hmm. And then I had my own complications. So it was just like, yeah, the album was done. Well, it wasn't really finished because my last round of chemo 
that following week I traveled out to Luke's and that's when I finished it. So it got finished mm -hmm. like August of 2022. Okay. So it was probably like that journey of like 20, if I'm, if I'm correct, it was written and recorded between 2019 and then finally finished at the end of almost the end of 22. Hmm. If I okay. have my, my timeline, correct. Okay. Gotcha. And so one of the things that I think makes this record so great, there's a, a certain atmosphere to it that really is almost like, like uh, the sound of the guitars sound almost like like a like a shoegaze record or something like that at times oh interesting where it just really to me it like hypnotizes me almost cool. like um and so i was wondering if there was any like certain approach that may have been different to this record that you took that wasn't necessarily taken with like the first record that may have resulted in that uh yeah if you want to get real technical there was a huge step as far as gear. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that record in particular, uh, so the first self-titled, if you want to get really technical, those were all active EMG pickups. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the uh, Kiroskiro, half of it is done with EMG and the other half and the primary half of all the guitar is a P90. And wow. another big nice. thing... And I, I guess, like, if you want to get really technical, the EMG guitar ran with 56 gauges on top, a nice, really thick wow. guitar string. And yeah. then the P90 was running with 42s on top. Mm -hmm. So it really added this, like, very interesting sound where I guess I haven't heard a lot of other guitar players yeah. do that. It was an experiment. I don't know if I'd necessarily go back and do it again, but it was, like, in the heat of the moment, I wanted two different guitar sounds without changing out my amp and my like mm -hmm. settings on my pedal board. So that's yeah. how I approached at least just the guitars because I thought the pickups and string gauge alone added that extra twang, which a lot of people were like referring it to as fuzz. And I think it's the mm. P90 is what you're really hearing there. Sure. And then yeah. the other technical thing uh, that a lot of guitar players are driven up a wall when they see my pedal board. And this is where I think it comes to what you described as shoegazy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of folks are very adamant about putting distortion last mm -hmm. and any, any effects as far as delay, reverb, octave needs mm -hmm. to be before sure. I do the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and that really, I, I get a lot of, mean looks for doing it but i think <laughs> the overall what what you're describing is shoegaze that washy that like mm -hmm. very like drone out noise is the the distortion going into those sounds cool. and then reamped again through the mm -hmm. amplifier and then i guess like on top of that i was running tons of octaves and mm -hmm. multiple distortions from the pedal board and the amp head once again, uh, I since getting back, I don't really run it like this anymore. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that that contributed to that sound. And it's kind of wild. Like I found this forum yesterday that like a lot, like a whole forum of people discussing the wrist and the sound. And it's just so bizarre, like hearing what other people thought about it and like how you described it as like how a few other people have too. And I guess like even I didn't make that connection of like I really think it's how the pedal board's set up. Mm -hmm. And just like 
I don't know. I really just turn it up. <laughs> I just yeah. like, go to town. But now all that's been replaced by a single vexed brain closet witch pedal, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that is my the 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 Sphinx moth is my like I, I like to call it my Swiss Army knife. Uh, mm -hmm. so what happened was when I got back, we did about a year and a half before taking the latest break, and pretty much all those shows we got to a point where it's like, you didn't get to use your cabs. You didn't get to use your heads. Mm, right. It's like you show up with a guitar in your pedal board. Mm -hmm. And I was running into a ton of issues where like how I just described, I was running tons of distortions plus the amp distortion. So if you take that away, that's 50% of your sound gone. Yeah. And I'm now noticing like, that's where these Helix guys are stepping in with these amp sims and whatnot. And they're running everything from their boards because they're getting put in these situations where you can't use your own amp. Mm -hmm. So I had to backtrack. And so I jumped on the HM2 train. I, I do mm -hmm. like that chainsaw vibe, but the Sphinx Moth is like the Swiss army that kind of just like really gets a standard head to this like kind of a brighter tube level i don't know if you mm, saw the mm -hmm. teaser but it kind of it shows yeah. you the overdrive in it and that like that alone will get almost any head to like a playable level for like what cool. we're doing personally so yeah that's what i'm doing now uh, i basically stopped using tube amps i'm no longer mm -hmm. using my mesa so yeah yeah they're heavy <laughs> yeah they're <laughs> stupid well actually i'm just gonna say this now i've replaced them with like 1978 pv solid state heads which are oh, probably like oh, two those... times the, yeah. the weight there alone so yeah <laughs> they oh, they're wow. built like tanks and you can find them almost anywhere if yeah. one breaks so it, awesome. it sounds great yeah we use um, those in a um, most voltage and the exclusively but we always cool. referred to them as heavies because they were, <laughs> they were so heavy like the calves seriously they're like 600 pounds and it's just oh, like yeah. oh my god anyway. i have so <laughs> much pv gear that i've collected over the years that i've like never shown and like just like i gotta rewire everything but i'm i'm amped for the day of like getting to rehouse all those because i got like the yeah. 218 210 yeah and then i got a 612 that i need to get loaded Jeez. up and that's i really want to bring that wow. 612 out that would yeah. be so sick the thing is that the reason they rule and the reason people still use them is i think in my opinion they don't color your sound at mm -hmm. all it's just mm -hmm. pure loudness exactly you know? and that's great for feeding pedals into you know exactly because it your sound is your sound and mm -hmm. and like you're saying if you have to plug into a different head all of them are going to have at least a similar like mm -hmm. solid state clean loud sound you know yeah so. as long as you can get that general flat response mm -hmm. that's where like i'm not trying to plug my pedal but that's where it's just like you get a flat response add that sphinx to it and now you have that bright tube drive yeah. and now just layer your distortion on you're good to go yeah and it's just it works and i mean that's what a lot of people are doing these days and not to mention the tube tube crisis of like covid like trying to right. find tubes today is fucking insane mm -hmm. so it's just like okay like it's just a sign like mine's retired now it's permanently mic'd up in my like little studio room and mm -hmm. ready to go whenever but yeah i don't think it's gonna see the road anymore mm. it's just easier yeah for sure I was going to ask a little bit more about gear since we're already there. This is going to be such a lame question. You're left-handed or play left-handed. Is mm -hmm. it difficult 
to find gear. Like if you broke your uh, Dude, your ESP, no like would you just what would you do? You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd pro uh, knock on wood. Thank God it's never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, I have a backup guitar with me. Not mm -hmm. all the time. Sometimes I get cocky and just hope for the best. But the harsh <laughs> truth is, if it really broke, uh, yeah. you probably just wouldn't hear guitar that night. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, right. I, if it were the heat of the moment and we're mid set. And if you've seen us before, we don't stop. Right. So the other three are just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And if it's broken and unplayable, I'd probably just leave everything on and just do like a noise feedback over yeah. everything and just say, fuck nice. it. That's probably literally what I do. And then cry afterwards because we're yeah. on the road and I don't have a guitar. <laughs> I've never gone into a music shop mm -hmm. and got to play the guitar I was going to buy. Right. It's always rolling the dice. Um, well, it used to be. I got really lucky. I haven't revealed my source. There's a guy about 45 minutes outside of town mm -hmm. who worked at a casino, got paid a bunch of money, is left-handed, and was like, I'm just going to buy guitars and get really good at guitar. Oh, yeah. He bought hundreds of guitars, okay. but just never learned how to play. Wow. And now he is just, he went to a local shop, was like, I got all these guitars. I just want to sell them all at once. They gave him this like ridiculous lowball offer, mm -hmm. like in insulting. Right. And then I found him on Facebook Marketplace because he was like, I'm only partying with these two. Mm -hmm. And that was like four or five years ago. And yeah. we've just like, <laughs> now we're just tight. And I get to go over there whenever I'm like ready to find a new guitar. And like oh, wow. the, la the last thing I bought, I was a huge naysayer of Schechter, but mm -hmm. I got this Sean Moore. It's the dude from Caesar's like signature guitar. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best guitars I've ever played. And he just gave it to me for like with the case for like 300 bucks. This is like a $1,500 guitar. It's just like, yeah. I think he wants people who are really going to play the instrument and wow. take it. So it's the first time that I've bought my last uh, four guitars from this guy. That's and sweet. so that's, and, wow. and I've been playing for like 20 years. And that's the only experience where like, he's got amps set up. And I actually mm -hmm. get to play them beforehand. And like, yeah, he is a wow. bunch more that I'm going to go. And there's one other kid that I know of who's left-handed near mm -hmm. me. And mm -hmm. once once I have my fill, I will pass on <laughs> that info to uh, Chris and let him know, like, yeah. hey, there's some really good stuff here. But so if I'm you're kidding. listening, Chris, mm -hmm. <laughs> someone's holding out on you. <laughs> Just a little bit longer. <laughs> I I think there's like two more in particular that I'm like, I, I've always wanted a Telecaster. Oh, and he yeah. has he has three that uh from different brands that I would really I I think wow. I'm gonna probably grab them all. <laughs> I don't That's need awesome. three, but I want three. Fuck it. Hey, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when are you gonna have that opportunity again? Ex exactly. So I've been kind of just eating it up, and he's super chill. Like, just lets me come over whenever he just wants to. Like, I don't know, just a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, we've been friends for years, so he's like follow closet witch and knows his stuff's in good hands. You know, like, I'm not going to sell it. It's it's going right. to be with me till I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> so, like, it'll crazy. be in good hands. Yeah, I, I guess I have one more question about gear. Okay. Uh, you guys are energetic on stage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and a, a lot of times the set seems to end with at least the drums being destroyed. Uh, I noticed that Corey almost uses the 
his base as like a cane sometimes or something like he'll point the head down onto the floor and just kind of uh, rest on it and okay so and the drums get broken every night so how does that work the next night on tour like uh do you have to repair the stuff like every day is that just part of the deal <laughs> i mean it's yeah it's i try not to ever look at Corey when we're playing because that yeah. stresses me the <laughs> fuck out uh drums <laughs> He'll know what he breaks. I, I mean, he breaks a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I mean, we all have some serious tech issues. Uh, mm -hmm. We get really lucky where uh, most of the time we're, we're with friends. So if something, it, it, it's never been really extreme. We've mm -hmm. had to borrow like cabs before mm -hmm. where like even on our end, we fucked up and blew a cab. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like that kind of thing. But as far as like, I've never knock on wood. Like Corey's never. Oh my god, snapped his like bass neck. Yeah. Like that would mm -hmm. be. But it wouldn't fucking shock me if he did. Like no, I not at all. But I'm... like then, I I think those two are a little carefree in that department because there is so many options of like. I know sure. if Corey borrows somebody's bass, he's not gonna do the same thing. Mm, right. So yeah. like people know their stuff's in good hands. But yeah, I I, I think it's just been kind of luck. Uh, Corey's setup is a little stressful for me personally, but it works for him. <laughs> uh, and I've gotten really lucky to know, like, have my pedal board, like, basically under my cab. Like, get it right. as close to the cab as possible. I mean, when we're playing on the floor, it's like you're using your body mm -hmm. as a human shield for mm -hmm. the pedals laying on the floor of a mosh wow. pit. And, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I've gotten really lucky that I haven't had much broken I had a DD7 completely obliterated once, but <laughs> mm. I mean, it comes with the turf. The craziest thing ever, probably gear wise, getting into a wild situation was we did the um, Condor and Jaybird versus. I, I, I know this incident. I was, I was standing right next to you when it happened. So oh. this kid gets really high and falls asleep <laughs> on these steps. Okay. And it's me and Travis Scudder. Okay, so let me actually paint the scenario. So we're at the Village Theater, and there's this huge uh, stage. They're doing a battle set. And, I mean, this place is packed side to side. I don't know if I've ever seen a show bigger than the one, this one. Yeah, it was huge. Off to the side, they decided the best – so – we were going to secretly crash the show. So after they did a, a Beatles cover, as soon as it was done, we kicked off a really short five song set mm -hmm. um, with another side stage that was covered with a curtain off to the left, but it was in the pit. And so the first thing that happened was this kid falls asleep. Travis, uh, Travis plays in, um, well, now he plays in so many different bands. Travis Scudder, man, what, uh, like Harsh Times was one of his bands. Mm, He's been, yeah. it, and Harsh Times was playing that show. Yep. And he kind of even gave me a look of like, you want me to get, get this kid out of there? And I was like, he's asleep. He's not bothering anybody. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, they like kicked up the show and that spooked this kid and like a wild <laughs> horse. He just like, I, I mean, he was just panicked at the time I was livid, but now understanding like, I don't know what I do either. So I get it. <laughs> But his, his first reaction was to just run straight. And he ran through Royce's drum kit. 
about 15 minutes before it's about to start. So his whole hi-hat stand where like the hi-hats actually sit got like snapped where that like bar goes through the middle. I don't, I'm not a drum guy, so I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell you, but that made me livid right there. So we had to get that kid out of there, figure out the drum set. That's where Travis stepped in. He's fixing the drum set. Royce isn't even at the show yet. I think he's still like trying to get there. It was very stressful. So in this commotion though, the curtain gets pulled back a little bit and a kid notices this giant 812 and decides I'm going to drag this into the pit to try and like, I don't know if his idea was to try and like get it to like surf or like to get on top of it and jump off. But that was a battle of its own trying to communicate to this kid that like, this isn't something for you to fucking jump off of, dude. I I need, (laughs) this is like set up, ready to go. That was probably the the most wild thing. And then like one time we were on tour with Cloud Rat and like the whole PA got knocked over, Mm -hmm. like smashed all this electrical equipment that was like behind everything. But I mean, you know, that it happens with DIY shows. Wow. Yeah. There's some gear stories for you. (laughs) You definitely, uh, as Closet Witch, I'm sure have a lot of great stories from, you know, being on the road so much and everything. We've been a pretty chill band. Like, there's not a lot of drama, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been doing it for 10 years, so we're kind of chill with each other. The craziest thing ever was probably going to jail, but other than that. So we got invited to do... uh, Northwest Terror Fest out in Seattle. Hmm. And so we toured out there. It was like a big with like Pig Destroyer and a bunch of other really sick bands. And we were on our way back and we were cutting through South Dakota and like we were going five over and hmm. this cop got us for the for the weed. Oh, and yeah. uh we spent like two or three days in jail, like on the road <laughs> trying to get that figured out. And then long story short, uh they basically legalized while all that was going on and everything got dropped. So <laughs> it all, it all worked out in the end, but it was very, very stressful. That was probably like the most, like, and it was really chaotic because they like split, split everybody up. So we didn't know what we were doing. And oh, just, yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to communicate. And they were like, they were like, Corey said that, uh, no, no, you don't even know that. You're like, yeah. Like, it was more like just, against each other if you oh dude that would be amazing no thank god that didn't happen your friends are selling you out bro. Oh, yeah. where's all the weed dude <laughs> it's in all the battery compartments of my pedals okay oh but the the best part was it was like 115 out and all these fucking cops had to unload the van they were trying oh, to unload all nice. the cabs and it's just like you guys aren't going to figure out how to put it back in and they just no. like stopped halfway once they noticed like because all the bigger calves are all the way in the back mm-hmm. so as soon as they got like all the drum stuff out and they're like all this is just giant stuff fuck that <laughs> and then they couldn't close the van door so they just towed it like that oh, man. and it was oh, just so stressful so stressful but what? i mean that's what you get for being bad we were bad <laughs> <laughs> So I have a two-parter question here, Alex. Oh, boy. Part one. So how did you get into the sugar cubes? Uh, I love Bjork. Her voice is next level. But the sugar cubes were a huge part of uh, 
uh, I think the first thing I discovered was like this little mini doc got released online mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like, this is Bjork at like 15. And like, mm -hmm. to be honest, like I kind of like her in an indie rock band. And like, oh, I yeah. really liked that first album quite a bit. I've tried to get into the other ones. Uh, it doesn't hit for me as much as that one was, but the sugar cubes and um, the other thing that got really big at the time uh, I haven't watched it, but that Kate Bush song got really big because of Stranger mm -hmm. Things. Again. Oh yeah, sure. and that album though, and I mean that song's incredible, but like that album as a whole and that uh, Sugar Cubes record I, were like on repeat for like three months for me. Nice. But I was like, I was doing recovery, yeah. so I was just like only kind of just like sinking into things that I was really familiar with. So I wasn't really branching out very much. Mm -hmm, so sure. I kind of just like, that's what I like to do is kind of just like grab one record. And if I resonate with it, then I'm like, this is mine forever. And I just yep. like hold on to it. Nice. So. Yep, but that's yep. where like that came from. And I think her like career is pretty amazing. Sure. But there's a, uh, is it army of me? I think mm -hmm. it's the song. I I've like really, that's the first track I ever heard of hers. Oh. And I was just like, I've been hooked ever since. I always thought that she sampled uh, Donkey Kong Country for the drum part of Army. <laughs> I hope so. I, hope she <laughs> I don't think it's true, but that's what I pretend. <laughs> um, have you heard the like the remix version that they did for Sucker Punch? Uh, no. Uh -huh. Yes. That, it, yes. It's incredible. And she has this like really sick vocal solo that's added to it. Oh. It's a lot like Knife Party from Deftones when mm -hmm. um, wow. I can't remember her name now, but there's that wild vocal solo and that it matches. It kind of has like its own flair and she like, oh, it's so good. You can't find it on like Spotify or anything like that. I've only been able to find it on YouTube, mm -hmm. but it's it's so good. I'll send it to you. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> um, okay. And then the other question that I have is, um, so how exactly did you guys get invited to be on an episode of Seinfeld? Wow. I what? that was the most bizarre thing. I, like, <laughs> I got tagged in it yesterday while I was like doing I was like at work and it was just like a Seinfeld episode and pulled it up and like I don't know, it's bizarre, but it's really good. It's, like I'm not I don't really know Seinfeld, so I don't really know like how the well, characters are very well. Like I, I know from like media throughout the years, like how Kramer acts and whatnot. Sure, sure. But I, I don't know. It was kind of funny, but it's I will the say, most bizarre thing I've ever I didn't no read idea. all of it. I, what I, you guys are talking about, by the way. <laughs> oh, so somebody did a um, chat GBT uh, putting Closet Witch in like a Seinfeld episode. Oh, so it's cool. like this, like uh, it's like a script of oh. like you know Closet Witch. And uh, I will say, as a I, I myself was a huge Seinfeld fan, mm -hmm. like growing up. And I still enjoy watching reruns from time to time. And I will say they really nailed it. The response to the new record has been really impressive, like a really big deal. Like, I know you probably don't want to brag or whatever, but it made so many top lists or even number one release of the year for so many people. And it's that's pretty crazy. I don't even know some of them. Well, Maybe it was it was mentioned in Rolling Stone. Oh, baby! By an editor. Yeah, wow. it, it's yeah. fucking nuts. I I don't really know what to say about it. I'm just right? like, truthfully, like the the one thing that comes to mind for me is it's really sick that we didn't have like a sophomore slump. 
Yeah. So like that's where sure. I'm like, oh cool. Like we did one record that people really liked as well, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that moment of like, well, it's not, you know, the self-titled. Right. And that I was kind of worried about that a little bit, but I'm glad that it found its like little own niche. And what's kind of weird is like when the album dropped is when we kind of just like pulled the plug. Right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of naturally found its audience on its own. Mm-hmm. We haven't really like we haven't been playing shows. We'll promote things here and there, but if you look at the social media, it's nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. So whatever who's ever found it has found it on their own. That's yeah super fucking cool yeah it is and then like i mean yeah like it making it i I don't know what to say like it's it's surreal like it doesn't feel real but it's like it's just neat it's neat that it like to even like get through the door so to speak is like Mm -hmm. so nice Mm -hmm. and then like if you're really gonna pick 10 like it was so kind of Mm -hmm. them to do that so and i i have no idea like that that was where like a lot of the the funny part is like, who is this guy? Like, how do they like, right. how they get this record? And like his list, there was one other band, the Missouri, Missouri Execution Order 44. That's mm. like a Kansas City band. Huh. And so I'm curious if like mm-hmm. he was at some of those shows because we've like played with them before. So I was kind of curious if like they're just, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah. It's mm. wild. I'm glad that people enjoy it because it was like, it wasn't planned to be the record that it is either. Hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be three splits. And then wow. we kind of just took everything oh. and like chunk songs, like <clears throat> the beginning and end to another split of those chunks of songs ended up being mellification. Wow. And we were just like, okay, scrap those, put that out as like a two track EP of its mm-hmm. own thing. Then we focused on everything we had left and there's some tracks that for sure like if you really like fine-tuned and got in there especially after the break in the middle and when Mm -hmm. it goes back into arlington if you like grab a fine tooth comb you're gonna hear like the difference of the recording sessions Mm -hmm. especially with like arlington and funeral flowers those were like totally different sessions that were Hmm. gear was torn down and like we set up so like one split was recorded on its own set up torn down and then two other splits were set up and recorded at once so those trying to blend those together Hmm. was a Mm -hmm. fucking nightmare and that's where brad boatwright from audio seeds really did a killer job of like trying to blend those tracks in the rest and i think i i think now that I pointed it out. You're going to be able to notice mm-hmm. it pretty easily. But then I think at first glance, Brad did an incredible yeah. job. I didn't notice that at all. So yeah, me neither. that's awesome. It's really cool. And it sort of answers one of my questions is, okay, so a lot of this comes across as maybe like a single track or at least mm-hmm. connected. Was any of it recorded that way? Or is it all recorded separate and just sort of blended over each other? in between the songs. Um, so there were certain tracks like I know this is really embarrassing but I'm bad at my own song titles. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I do know that like the track where like Frankie's on it where there's like it's mm-hmm. like blistering fast and there's yeah. like almost no transition whatsoever between mm-hmm. that. I do recall being like we're only we're going to record so it's haunting and releasing. I'm pretty sure we recorded that as a single song. Yeah, cool. But I'm pretty sure everything else 
is one at a time. And that came from a game I used to play in an old touring band where the drummer of that band, when he was driving, pretty much he and I were always up front together because mm -hmm. they had like the buddy system. Yeah. And he, who's ever driving, gets to pick the music. Mm -hmm. He was a super big into Between the Buried and Me. And I like, mm -hmm. I, I enjoy them. I think they're okay. It's mm -hmm. not like that kind of music kind of puts me to sleep a little bit. And like, it's like so technical and so much that it kind of mm -hmm. just, it's like, it's almost like classical <clears throat> music. It kind of just like lulls mm -hmm. me to sleep. But uh, they are notorious for blending their tracks together really. Like, there's one in particular where it's like mid fill. And it wow. goes in. And yeah. I was always like really fascinated with that. But the game was. If I could find where the transition was between oh. one song into another, I got to change the band. <laughs> and I got really good at figuring out where they were transitioning their songs. And that's one thing between the Barry and me really inspired was like, I like that flow a lot. And that mm -hmm. was a big discussion on this record because, yeah, we did do because there's versions for sure where there's a count, like a four count right. before or even a single snare hit. And it was a really big discussion. I definitely remember with Royce and I particular yeah. being where he was like, I think tracks need to have a count and they need to be ready. And my argument at the time and where we kind of met was like, trust me on this and don't put in the count and mm -hmm. make it chaotic beginning to end. And the only spot you get to breathe is that middle section and the final yeah. resolve. And right. just, just see how this goes real quick let's put it together and listen mm -hmm. to it and it was just i the only goal is to create that really abrasive I, I think like that was the only way to do it if you give it a rest and a breather then you're not like a lot of people compare it to suffocating and i i agree mm -hmm. it should be that's how it is live to me like yeah. we do do counts live but the last year and a half we kind of cut that out and so we yeah. were doing our stuff kind of how it is on the record with no counts. And it's just mm -hmm. like that energy continues to build. And I think the proper rests were put where they needed to mm -hmm. be. And I, I don't know, like there was a lot like there was, I mean, even Luke kind of like Luke Tweedy, who is mm -hmm. flat black was even kind of like, well, yeah, there should be like spots to breathe and like a click. But then at the end of the day, once it was put together like that and like what the goal of the record, I don't know if mm -hmm. there really was a goal, but it's just more like this felt like the right idea. So yeah. I think that's where it was. <clears throat> what I really like about it is there's no way you're not going to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. There, there's no way you're going to just stop in the middle of it. You know what I mean? I, it's like, I typically, if I listen back, I get to, the end of that break and mm -hmm. when Arlington picks up that's normally where I'm like okay I'm good right and like I but that's weird like listening to my own stuff sure I guess like I've also yeah. found it really hard to listen to the only thing way I've been able to listen to it is a really lo-fi version that got uploaded to YouTube and mm -hmm. that's the one I like the most I think it's like <laughs> yeah. oh wow it's like at really low like mp3 level like impression hey, yeah. oh dude it's really bad and I'm like this sounds awesome like <laughs> this is my favorite version of the record so I've been listening <laughs> to that one because like even I'm like I don't know like I'm sure you guys are with your music too you mm -hmm. hear it vastly yeah. different than everybody oh, yeah. else and so when yeah. I hear I'm like yeah. that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong that's mm -hmm. wrong and but then it's so interesting to 
see other people's reactions. So like when I mm -hmm. read those, I'm like, now I kind of want to hear if I hear it. So yeah. there are days where I'm like, oh, hey, like this is okay. We did an okay record. And then there's yeah. most days where I'm like, this is trash. Like I yeah, shouldn't right. even have like <laughs> sent this in. Like, um, and then it's like really bizarre that chat GBT Seinfeld site. Uh -huh. I I had to get nosy and like so I searched us and I find all these reviews of Kiro and actually everything we've done. Kiro is the most positive, but then I find this discussion. There's a bunch of these guitar nerds oh. and they're all like discussing my riffs. And then oh. like all of a sudden it went from closet, Witch versus grid link versus Chapang. And in my head, it's like, you can't even put us anywhere near these like legendary Titans hmm. of bands. And like, I just think of like, I, I don't know, like how they hear that baffles me, yeah. but I will say like, it's different what i guess like i like about grind a lot is like the different approaches and when i hear like Gridlink and shipping i personally like, this isn't i don't know for a fact but i hear a lot of overdubs click tracks mm -hmm. like we're playing this to a pristine very mm -hmm. clear like we're going with a grid and right. that's a more of like a technical recording term mm -hmm. and with us we never had a click track. It's all live recording in a room besides Molly. Every guitar, every bass, and every wow. drum track was recorded at the same time for every record we've ever done. So yeah. there's never going to be that super tight, unrealistic sound of a band. But I yeah. think that's the flavor that we bring to the table. Right. Yeah. But it's bizarre when placed next to those kind of other releases. <clears throat> so like that yesterday yeah. was kind of a surreal, like, oh, I wouldn't even dare put those next to each other. And it's like, a whole group of people being like, yeah, they're risk compare. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. but that's Do you hop on there like, and just say, this is Alex and you're all dumb. It's like, no, <laughs> like totally what? deflate. all the I ideas. wish, but no, I like a lot of time, like, especially the last like six or seven years, I especially have like tried to never read comments mm -hmm. because like we did hate five, six. And that was, a minefield to navigate through so i didn't even mm. like read any of that stuff and it's like i mean we're not for everybody so like mm. i understand right. like some people don't get what we're doing but that was kind of what i was getting at where it's like it's a different flair of grind and it's mm -hmm. not this but it is funny where people are like this is trash compared to a b and c and then you go check out a b and c and it's like four four grind and it's yeah. like i wouldn't even this is apples and oranges man like right. why are you even putting these side by side but it's interesting that somebody does hear it as side by side so then you start breaking down like what what do they hear that makes us side by side? Is it right. just blast beats? Is it right. just the screaming? And mm -hmm. so you start, it's very interesting to hear people's own opinion on music and it's so subjective and it's yeah. fucking insane. We're like even, okay, now rolling back to Rolling Stone where somebody whose job it is to listen to great music hears it differently than I do. Right. Too. Mm -hmm. So like that's fucking insane. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. And you know, the thing is I've, I've always viewed you guys kind of as almost doing like grindcore through like the filter of like punk rock or something, you know, you guys definitely have like more of a punk aesthetic, I think when it comes to like the way you approach stuff, which yeah, I think totally works for you guys. It's hard to like put that finger on it where like sometimes I feel that way with like having a more screamo approach to it and that uh -huh. atmospheric vibe. 
but then yeah. like i don't know like there are a lot of bands doing that sound too so it's hard yeah i i just like that no one's ever really put us in like one category yeah. really yeah for, you for guys real. no one said like they're a mathcore band they're a grindcore band they're a screamo mm -hmm. band or they're yep. a power violence band it's always something different whenever somebody mm -hmm. writes a review so once again really interesting the subjective view yeah. of this record you know so that's yeah. it's just and i guess like us being as the people who wrote it there wasn't ever a like we it's not like the four of us got together and like let's write something groundbreaking all the inspiration respect like i can only speak for me as my personal input into the creative process but everything you're hearing on kiro is just every band we've ever played with and every band we've ever played with has this element this inspiration and i guess that was like one of your questions was like what inspires you today and I guess like, I got to shout it out. One, if you say nothing inspires you, that's really silly. And you should right. take a step back. And then two is if everything doesn't inspire you in a negative or positive way, that's a problem mm -hmm. too. Like you yeah. need to open up and be like, there are bands that can inspire you negatively in a way of like, okay, well, I learned I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And then you're going to see bands that are like, oh, I love what they did here, but I want to put my own twist on it. And then we're in 2024 where, oh, this band did that. That's fucking awesome. We're going to do that. I mean, right. it's just that's how music is today. Yeah, and it's not definitely. I don't think yeah. it's stealing creativity. I just think it's it is what it is. I don't, I don't I don't know how else to say it, and especially in the AI generation. I mean, like what are we doing now? So, I mean, you can't be too mad at me for being like, yeah, we put a breakdown that's kind of similar to this. So like, yeah, I don't know if it worked. Every, everything comes from something. I mean, you, you have to have inspiration. Uh, I did have one question also, because you were kind of talking about the sequencing of, of the album and everything. And uh -huh. uh, Eric mentioned that it kind of sounds like one big, one big track sort of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of agree with that. Um, but I wanted to know uh, one of the things that stood out to me is that I noticed that there's an intro and then there's an outro in the middle of the record on Spotify. And I was wondering if there was any certain decision as to why that was made or if that's even like, you know, if, if that was just like a thought that you had, like, oh, let's let's put the outro in the middle of the record because... I think that on my cassette version that I have, I think the outro is actually at the end of the record, or I could be wrong. Uh, so I have never looked this up on Spotify because the Spotify numbers stress me out. I believe mm -hmm. this is a mistake. Oh, that really? Should be, I okay. think that, sh that should definitely be at uh, the end after uh, To the Cauldron. Well, it wow. actually works out. That's it crazy. actually works out. I'd, I'd have to listen really to it. Well. I don't. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on. I'm going to hit play to make sure. Is it really, is it the outro in the beginning? beginning or in the middle or is it the outro at the end it's titled sure. outro it's titled right outro middle. right in the middle of the album song and thing. i was I, like i just no, remember so that so that is okay so what's going on there is the tr that is where it should be in the in the in the album on spotify uh -huh. that is the incorrect title for what oh. it would be yep okay so then i thought maybe well, maybe there's like some concept involved. Oh, here. No, there is. So that's okay. that's that's awesome to talk about now. So that's okay. where. So in my opinion, the correct way to listen to the album would either be on cassette tape or vinyl. And what happens is, uh, at the end of side A, 
that's the outro and it fades into mm. silence. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you flip over the record and hit play, you are immediately into Arlington with that like mm. blast beat. So it's like, it's to lull you to a comfort zone and then immediately spike up your stress mm. right back mm -hmm. to where we were before. Okay. Awesome. And I think yeah. it was kind of just that, like we thought it through and we're like, it's like a, I don't know how to really word it. Like it was a psychological move, but mm -hmm. I just thought, when we were talking about it and we did it, that that's how it should be. Like the chaos of you, me and Venus decay kind of ends with that swelling. And then we have that outro of like, just this ambient, like, well, that's like a track. It's a, like a Korean, like it's a morning song that's played in Korea, uh, North Korea, I guess, mm -hmm. or North or South. Sorry. Uh, Corey got the clip, but it's like the, that's what that like, chanting choir is and mm. then we label uh put all these other samples over it but it was just kind of to lull you into comfort basically mm -hmm. and then once you're back grounded and you flip it over and then you go back to the most extreme point again it's just like zero to 100. we strictly didn't have any thought process of like streamed versions for this. Mm. It was always that physical really because the one thing this was supposed to be a 10 inch that kind of became a little bit of an issue. And so it ended up being 12, but it mm. was always going to be like, we were never concerned. Well, Corey runs tape media for us since mm. day one. So we mm -hmm. knew for sure it was going to be on tape and vinyl anything else would have just been extra. So I think like mm -hmm. that was the only view and goal we had for it. And I guess the truth is from like, not to get all business on you, but from sales perspective, streaming services make us almost nothing compared to like actual vinyl and tape yeah. sales. Oh yeah. And so like, yep. that's the media I'm going to present this piece of work on. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if you're really checking out Kiroskiro, Versus like everything we've done before this, this is the first album that I think was really meant to be on a physical media like that, like mm -hmm. to be flipped mm -hmm. over and be prepared in that sense. Yeah. Nice. Alex, I was going to ask, um, what are the future plans? Like, are you plotting things out right now? Or are you really just like, we're not even going to think about this for a little while? Or I uh, guess, um, what's your plan? <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I'll talk about it here. Uh, uh -huh. There was a really, really big uh, record release show planned at the end of November at mm -hmm. the Roz Talks, mm -hmm. and everybody but Dylan was going to be performing their parts. We were going to do the mm -hmm. full Kiraskiro with Andrew or Stu, sorry, mm -hmm. and um, then have like a noise set with Alex Mahaffey, and then mm -hmm. we would play the new record that we have already written that's oh wow it, we have another album written and recorded but molly hasn't done vocals too hmm. so as mm -hmm. far as the future of the band it's kind of just sitting like obviously they have a like a big new life step ahead of them mm -hmm. i'm not going to be the one to be like closet witch closet witch closet like right so i think we're all on a mutual page of like when it feels good we'll come back to it i have it all cool. on a hard drive we'll do it when we feel ready and i think if anything more than likely we'd probably record that kind of in secret mm -hmm. and then just drop i i'd imagine we drop the record and then be like we're doing shit again right 
but I, I just don't know as far as like longevity timeline, mm -hmm. there has been some, a date was kind of thrown out, but I'm at the same time being like a lot of things can change mm -hmm. and I'm not clinging to that date uh, yeah. personally. And so I've, I've kind of shifted gears more towards like my musical education uh, I've started to take courses for mix, uh, audio engineering oh, and cool. I would, yeah. I'd like to, I've already recorded the record, but I'd like to mix and master it proper. Well, I'd mix yeah. it and then have somebody else master it, but I'd like to do that stuff properly. Mm -hmm. So I think when all that went down, that's where I kind of like pivoted from like playing live yeah. music to like, I'm mm -hmm. now going to focus on this. I've had yeah. a couple offers to join some other things since then, mm -hmm. but I just kind of decided that, truthfully it's nice to have my weekends to myself it's yeah. nice to i i when closet witch is closet witch it, that's like what i do it's sure. it's like another right. full-time job i know it's mm -hmm. a it's a garage band to the most people but like there's so many moving pieces mm -hmm. to get like even the record coming out was like six months of prep work mm -hmm. like almost a year actually of like even getting that produced and who to work with and like that honestly was kind of a nightmare uh to trying even getting that pedal done it mm -hmm. like a lot of things layered up so it was just like nice as soon as like november 3rd happened i finally yeah. got to like just and i hate to use the terminology of like i just got to pull the plug and yeah. i finally got to breathe for like mm -hmm. the first time in like 10 years and <laughs> i've kind of embraced it in a way like i just don't want to be the person like royce has a kid too and mm -hmm. like, I, I'm the only one now who, who doesn't have kids mm -hmm. and I don't know what that's like. So I'm just gonna do this for the time being. And yeah. if we do meet up and get things going again, I'll be just as ecstatic. But I think the rest is due. I think even like after chemo, I was ready to do it. We did about a year and a half of shows, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie. It beat the shit out of me. Yeah. I was oh, like yeah. every, like I lost all the strength I used to have. So like mm -hmm. gaining all that back. So now it's nice to like, I work out during the week now, which is like, mm -hmm. if you guys know me, that's not a thing I'd ever done. <laughs> so like now, like my life, I, I get to kind of like focus on things that are a little bit for me right now. Sure. And so like cool. the education with everything too, I think it's just like a good timing. And then everybody's like, just doing their own thing. I think after writing all these records too, it'll be nice to like let that, you know, rest and grow the creative bubble mm -hmm. and like, yeah. you know, closet. I'm like, I'm excited to do more. We are already talked about doing another EP. So like everybody's still talking about yeah. writing and moving cool. forward. And like, I mean, we haven't played shows, but like, we're still in all of our group chats and like, sure. still like, you know, I, and I've seen, like, we hang out mm -hmm. the person I probably haven't seen, which bums me out is I haven't seen Royce in a mm -hmm. while, but like he works a ton and like, we just haven't really synced up, mm -hmm. but yeah. I did get to like, hang out with Molly and Corey. We went and saw a movie together, uh, the other day. And that was so nice to see them. Closet, Witch is the only, uh, record that we both had on our top 2000 or 2020 thanks list. guys yeah that's true and we didn't discuss it at all. <laughs> no, no yeah i think and when we did that episode i was like i can't believe there's no crossover yeah we don't enjoy any of the same music no yeah at we, all that was that was bizarre because Except the year before which <laughs> because nice. the year before the year before yeah like almost every pick was a crossover
Yeah. Nice. We, we've grown away from each other. We've grown oh. apart. <laughs> 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 it's so sad it's gonna it's gonna turn mean someday pretty soon it's gonna be like dan you have the worst taste of oh me. my god i hope not we just fight i think yeah. that'll be a nice turn yeah. i think that would be really funny if we like started every episode in 2024 with the exception of this one off like that it's like yeah eric what are you listening to <laughs> sounds like crap yeah. What <laughs> bullshit did you bring to the episode? This? Oh, jeez, Eric. Yeah. Can I roll That'd my eyes amazing. harder at your recommendation? That'd be amazing. <laughs> at first, I hated this idea, but now I'm, I'm, yeah. you sold me on it. Yeah. I love it now. Yeah. I love Eric, Dan hating each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. I don't mean that. Yeah, but it, it'll be if you're into pretentious, unlistenable bullshit, <laughs> check, check out Eric's pick this week. I love yeah. it. And if you're into easy listening, pop punk garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much alex for being alex, this is a blast i came in being like i'm gonna try and get this off topic as much as possible so <laughs> I, I, barely, I barely had to try so nailed it, it. tracks only nailed exist it. to go off of I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah thank you very much for coming on alex uh again man you're you're you were the first guest so you're the first guest to be on a second time nice exactly. yeah. Nice. nice. Go out and check Closet Witch if you have yeah. not. Do you want to say bye with us, Alex? Yeah, yeah sure. That'd be great. All right. Well, thanks all again right. for being on and thank you for listening. Thanks for having uh, me. All the stuff we usually say, let's, who cares? Uh, okay. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> right, see you all later. Awesome. Have Talk a good one. Later. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank great you. Great talking bye. with you. You too. Bye.